0: Wrestling Podcast, Podcast. Podcast. The moves. You not a, but you are a B plus. It out. Go. You mess with us?
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen out there in the B Plus land It is me. It is the one they call Mr. Mysterious and welcome to the Impact Zone. No, we did not forget Impact Zone with our big shuffle of events, with our new scheduled programming. We have our flagship show, I had Major League Report yesterday and unfortunately last week, due to technical dramas, I was not able to record the latest episode of Impact Wrestling. So that's on me, but thankfully I seem to have sorted that out for podcasting for the time being. So you guys, thankfully, we get to talk Impact Wrestling. wanted to get get that out of the way and just let you guys know that I did not forget and I would not miss talking about Impact Wrestling for the world with you guys because it's a very interesting promotion and it's a result of a lot of joy in my wrestling viewing, a lot of head-scratching moments. But on the whole, it's actually quite enjoyable. And everything that usually kind of confuses me or I find, like, well, this is looks like it's kind of turning a bit shit. It kind of explains itself after a week or two. You, you see the direction. And even though I don't agree with some things, I enjoy impact wrestling. And everyone should too. So if you're listening to this, I hope you feel the same way. So despite ha- being having events out of my control with last week's episode, so I'm r- doing a big big record for you guys so bear with me i'm going to be covering last week's episode of impact zone this week's episode of impact wrestling which was the friday 13th taping which so much wrestling came out on friday 13th is crazy and of course this week of all weeks is the week where impact wrestling have their two impact plus specials operation override which for the life of me I always think about Power Rangers, Operation Overdrive. I can't get that out of my head comparing the two. Can you blame me? Can you blame me? And the second one, of course, is Victory Road. A tried and tested pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling. So we'll be doing a big breakdown of all those. So I'll start with last week's episode of Impact Wrestling. We started out... With a women's wrestling match, we had Havoc versus Sue Young. Now, I talked about this for the past few weeks. One of the things that kind of bothers me with Impact Wrestling as of late is the fact that they go for a non-finish very frequently and they lose a lot. It loses its luster after a while. It doesn't feel special. It just feels like an excuse to drag out a story, which is what, at a, that's the idea of a, like no contest finish or a disqualification or a can. That's kind of the reason for it. But every kind of storyline has that. It happens about two, three times in certain episodes, and I'm not a fan of it. I think Impact Wrestling just stopped relying on it. You can have heels like do be underhanded and be seedy and everything else, but it just, if every storyline does it, you kind of expect it and it doesn't it doesn't feel special. So that was my issue. And unfortunately, in this opening match between Havoc and Soo Young, Havoc defeated Soo Young by disqualification. So that's their that, their feud isn't done yet. It's still going. you can argue, because they're both the supernatural ladies, that they're not bound to the rules of a traditional wrestling match. So they need to have a hardcore stipulation later on down the line, which seems to be the route they're taking. So with this one, I don't mind as much, but again we've had weeks, if not months of DQs, countouts, double countouts, no contests. they get exhausting. they get exhausting if you keep going back to the well. As for the match before all of that happened, you had Su young was tormenting havoc with a lot of psychological mind games. You have to take a little step back. So they're trying to make Sue Young out as the more terrifying supernatural presence than Havoc, even though she is the far more smaller, like smaller woman, right? So you had the one-on-one matchup. Havoc was dominating in the early goings because she's a beast for nothing else. She hesitates before doing a leg drop, allowing Sue to avoid it and hits her modified springboard knee. Havoc locked in a Boston Crab, but Sue fought out of it, sending Havoc face-first into the turnbuckle. Sue did a big somersault off the apron, crashing into Havoc on the floor. During all that time, Sue sprayed red mist into the face of Havoc, causing the DQ, and then they just kept battering each other after the bell. And I'm surprised Father James Mitchell didn't come out here and then. And the beauty of this is that in the latest taping, he actually does appear in a segment so he's still in that storyline, but he's been, you think he would insert himself in this whole thing. I would have much rathered to get a victory here against Havoc to make her seem like she has some kind of story and just energy behind what she's doing. Because for right now, she's just targeting Havoc and nothing's really coming of it at the moment. But you never know, Bound for Glory is only about a month away. We had the big Slammiversary monsters ball match i am very curious how they could top that with these two i don't Oh, it would have to be like what what is more hardcore than a monsters ball match let me know guys like hit me up on the socials and let me know what you think we had the next segment was moose versus Bar, the second match these guys have had in the past few weeks there was a final encounter that was meant to be so moose is now on the quest to fight ken shamrock leading up to Bound for Glory, which has been revealed that he will officially be facing the world's most dangerous man, October 20th, for Bound for Glory. I am so excited. The godfather of TNA is coming back. It's a... He is... He's 55, and he looks in the best shape of his life. And hopefully... I don't think he'll win. I've said this already. I don't think he'll win... But I think he will take Moose to school and Moose will have to resort to some kind of heelish tactics to win, but it will work better for Moose so he can go on to be a top contender for the world title, whoever the winner is. If it's Brian Kays and he goes and he's the contender next. If it's Sammy, it'd be Tessa. That's how I see it with the connection with the dots here. We had Falabar, he tossed Moose halfway across the ring, followed by a belly-to-belly suplex. Falabar sent Moose crashing to the corner with a strong iris rip. He was like, Falabar was in total control. He was very angry, and I love Falabar when he is very, very angry. He did a huge back body drop, like Moose is the king of back body drops onto the outside, onto the apron. Just anywhere you think a hard bump, you just bring in Moose because he's your guy. Moose ranked the eyes of Falabar to gain control halfway during the match, and he connected with a crossbody, but it, it didn't really do anything for Falabar. He just started to get the, no, no, no. He started to charge up. Falabar hit the bonsai drop in the corner, and surprisingly, he kicked out. Moose kicked out. I don't think I've seen anyone kick out of the bonsai drop. Like Once Falabar's done that, it's usually over. Like I, I can't remember in his match with Sammy. I don't think he pulled it off because it's very, very rare for someone to, especially with someone a Falabar size, to kick out of a bonsai drop. But Moose, it shows you the power and how much much faith they have in the five-star athlete, quote-unquote, Mr. Impact Wrestling. Moose connected with his no-jackhammer-needed spear to pick up the win. And after the match, though, Moose sent a message to Ken Shamrock, by locking in an ankle lock on Phala Bar, and he wouldn't let go, and Moose, again, Moose doesn't wear boots, he comes out barefoot, because he's silly like that, and yeah, he was in a bad way, the referees and everyone else, all the backstage people had to tear Moose off Fala. it was very ugly, but the message was sent, I was a little disappointed that Phala Bar didn't pick up a win but there is a story with him which I'm very glad to say and we'll be covering about that later on. So he has a story to fall back on and he's on his own journey now and Moose needed that that needed that extra win to get some momentum going forward for the Las Vegas tapings and then eventually bound for glory. We had Tessa Blanchett asking Tommy Dreamer to stand by her side stand by your man. And she looks to put an end to OVE once and for all. Again, it's, we're going in circles here, people. Like, I love Tessa. I love Sammy. I love OVE. Like, they have great chemistry. But, man, we uh, talk about dipping into the well. I mentioned with false finishes. This is another story that we keep going into as well. All that and the ECW stuff. But that's going to no way coalesce soon. Ha, 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 ha. Uh. (laughs) uh and we had a segment with Eddie Edwards and his wife Alicia they're having a little conversation and all of a sudden a lady of the night I assume or just um uh, some promiscuous woman comes up to Eddie Edwards right and makes it out like she hooked up with Eddie last night and she has I don't know if she was putting on her accent sounded so fake she she looked like she was like um, Spanish dis- Mexican descent woman, but like the, her accent was like really as if she was doing a like an imitation of what her accent should be. Like you're so hardcore. Like it sounded like Tommy Wiseau trying to do a Spanish accent. I can't describe it. Right? Like you were great last night. You're so hardcore. And it's like oh, this is your wife. And yeah, Alicia is there like i her acting leads very much to the imagination So after weeks of alicia being courted by ace like the thing that really pisses her off is the fact that eddie is cheating on her like the idea that eddie's cheating on her that's the thing that pisses her off right? and she's completely oblivious to ace austin's attempts to woo her but the thing about eddie which, so as, as, as daft as she's being, as, as daft as the storyline's making her out to be, that seemed to be the point, like, so you can kind of tell, like, she's not into Ace at all, right? If she was, they'd be making Alicia do far more of a, oh, I don't know, he's kind of cute to sound like, and I hate, I hate romantic storylines in wrestling, I don't like dwelling on them, it doesn't work. A lot of the time they haven't worked since the early 2000s. I'm going to say it flat out. There's a lot of love stories that they try and do in wrestling. They do not work, but we're getting some, we're actually getting a fallout with Eddie and Alicia. So we'll see the eventual snap. It's coming. I just have to be patient soon. We will have it. Ladies and gentlemen, very, very soon. We have the next match, TJP versus Golden Magic. So after last week's... No, a couple weeks ago, when you're listening to this, bear with me. The Fatal 4-Way match where TJP, he was inches away from victory, but Golden Magic did a top rope um, 450 or something to that effect on another member in the match, and he picked up the victory before TJP could submit his opponent. So TJP wanted to get his win back. And these guys... Went all over around the ring. TJP just like he is an absolute technical submission specialist, high flying master. He's he knows how good he is. He is an incredible athlete, and if you've had a chance to see him live, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But Golden Magic hit him. hit a moonsault the TJP on the floor, and Golden Magic headed to the top rope. But TJP cut him off with a kick. It was very great back and forth. You can tell TJP was the greater man of the two. Uh, he, hang, he hung up Golden Magic in the corner and he a delayed running drop kick, right? A lot of flips, a lot of flips, but not gratuitously so, which I'm happy to say, surprisingly, when you're fighting a luchador and you have someone like TJP. TJ's attempted a swanton, but Golden Magic avoided it and hit a springboard cutter and Golden Magic hit a springboard corkscrew colliding with TJP onto the concrete. So it was very ugly, but it looked gorgeous. You had TJP connect with a brainbuster, but Golden Magic, that was only for a near four. And then Golden Magic turned it around with a Hurakarana off the top for his own near four. Eventually you had Golden Magic take TJP off the top with a Moonsault Slam and Golden Magic missed the follow-up 450 splash. So that allowed TJP to lock in one of his various submissions to pick up the win. So TJP got his win back. And we'll see. I don't know where they're going with him. Uh, he's there. At the, I was surprised to see him a couple weeks ago, actually. Just the fact that, oh, he's back on the Impact Wrestling roster. But I, there is a story with him helping out someone. But as for him himself, he... I think they're going to try and keep him away from the exhibition title picture just yet. Depending on how the tester story goes, whether... She'll face Jake Crist for the X-Vision title. Uh, if you put TJP against Jake Crist, you would expect Jake, you would expect not Jake, you would expect TJP to win because he's the most agile and the most technically sound wrestler on the roster. And he's already been an X-Vision champion, but that was put back for TNA. I'd like to think that he would win straight away, but it. I think they're just going to distract him from the main title picture for now at least you had ace austin uh surprise if you didn't tell already he actually paid that lady off to say to eddie edwards you're so hard you're so hardcore right and he was about to slip her a bill but then alicia edwards is walking on the sidewalk the same time so he's like no i'm a one woman man get away from me you floozy Uh and i love his that he has this hairdo that just seems like such a like dorky makes him seem like an absolute dork. And it makes him seem like he's this clean cut guy when obviously he has a lot more, um, carnal intent on mind, shall we say. And like, he quickly changes his tune, tells her to prepare for her match, but she hasn't had a match yet. So I'm very confused what he's talking about, whether in the next taping, she's going to have a match or they never showed her match. So at the moment, we haven't seen anything. That That's all I'm saying to everybody. But So I thought, now that I've seen the latest episode, she didn't, I spoiler, she didn't have a match there. So whether this promo was meant to air right about this time, not a clue. <laughs> we had a little vignette with the longest reigning now, kind of, unless you Google it, Knockout's champion, Taya Valkyrie. And she is furious. Oh my God, guys. She's furious that there's no big celebration for her record-breaking moment last week. She's saying, it's all about Tennille. It's all about her. It's all about, it should be about me, 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 right? It's because of Tennille, that dastardly woman from Australia. Those Australians, you know, like, we're, we're awesome. You can't deny. But <laughs> we get a promo from Johnny Swinger, former WCW, former WWE, former TNA World Tag Team Champion, Johnny Swinger. I love this dude. He has some of the corniest, like, think of the cheesiest 80s, 90s workout videos and pump-up videos. Grab all that persona, that bravado, and all that cockiness and channel it into one vessel. That vessel is Johnny Swinger. But he owns it so well that it he is lovable. He's probably going to be a, this a dickish heel when he comes onto the roster. And do I see him getting any gold anytime soon? No. I, I've googled his matches because of the promos that have been coming out. They are unlike anything you've ever seen. Like it's on. It's such a fine line between corny and like porn starish. It's so weird, and I was pissing myself laughing. I cannot wait to see him debut or return to Impact, or because he's been in TNA, return to Impact, whatever you want to say. I have no idea what they're going to do with him. <laughs> Where they'll throw him into a story with the Dinas. I don't know. But he'll be a nice guy on the roster, a nice veteran just to help put the younger guys over. That's my hope, anyways. And he's been calling out (laughs) because he's jacked as well. He called out Brian Cage. He's talking about how he's going to win all the gold when he gets home. And he's like, I'm going to ramble if I keep talking about it. So very much, ladies and gentlemen, you need to look into Johnny Swinger going forward because he has captured my attention. And I was very surprised that he would do so. You had Kira Hogan and Madison Rain confront Neal Dashwood because Madison Rain, as locker room leader, as she keeps uh, enforcing to everybody, Tennille's getting interviewed by Jimmy Jacobs and then she just introduces herself to Tennille and she saying, like, making sure that we don't want you to cut the line. Like, you can't just challenge Taya Valkyrie just because you've come here from Australia, right? Tennille just says, I can challenge both of you to a match. Like, I'm not cutting any lines. I'll go through you first and Madison then says, I can't wait to teach you a lesson. Kira, you do it. And she just walks off. How is she getting all this power? She's not locker room leader. There is, like, impact is just... That's the thing with no managerial figure. Like, the stars are just like, you know what? You do it. I don't care. You do this shit. Like, okay. And then just, like, Scott Del like he just must be a fan of Madison Rain, Just like... I'm not going to say no to her, like, screw it. It's just, it baffles the mind. Like, if she, if she, if you make her think she has power, she's only going to get worse. That's, that's the weird thing. We had a match between Rob Van Dam versus Madman Fulton, accompanied by Dave Christ. right? <laughs> I should mention the OVY promo, right? Uh, Dave... Dave Chris is always being snarky as always, but Sammy Callahan is celebrating. He is celebrating. He's looking forward to later on in the night where you finally, we finally get an answer about Brian Cage and the status of the world title. I was so happy to hear that, right? He's all dressed up. He's just saying like, OV are going to get everything they want because if we don't, we're going to tear shit up in here. We're going to destroy Impact Wrestling that we've thrown out the gauntlet brian cage you need to an answer but like you have madman in the corner he's just randomly he's interrupting their promos just going Arr! and just doing doing laps and he's just talking to talking to dave chris like stop taking him to dark to arby's or darby's i'm australian i don't know the name of the restaurant but he's like this is what happens when you keep giving him food they <laughs> get too excited he just like Sammy treats him like a monster, and Jake and Dave just like, no, he's 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 a mate of ours, you know, just <laughs> You can't question it too much. But he was looking forward to Madman putting away Rob Van Dam, and so was I. I was really looking forward to Madman potentially beating Rob Van Dam, who has had such a flawless record since he's come back. The only person he's really lost to is Moose, right? And I'm very grateful for that. So if you, I thought maybe he would give some rub to OVE. Not quite yet. So RVD, he was like, I, I would say so as well, he's getting a lot better. He seemed a lot more in the flow of things since he's been back on impact wrestling. He, at first he seemed a lot more gassed, but now he's gotten a lot better. I don't know if he's, if it's the opponent he's with who's like able to handle like taking a heavier workload with someone who's a little bit older. Or it's just RVD who's actually getting some more endurance back. He's getting the juices flowing. I don't know. Maybe he's found a new new um, strain of whatever he's smoking. I don't know. Whatever the case is, this was actually a pretty entertaining match until the finish. Another DQ. And I was just like, you didn't need this at all. And you could tell this was just RVD didn't want to lose to someone else. And this he won by disqualification. So he technically won. He wanted to keep his record just that little bit flawless there. But he was like hitting springboard back kicks, followed by a kick to the head. He did the rolling thunder. And just as he looked like he was about to do the five-star frog splash, Dave Chris pushed RVD off the top rope. just in full view of the referee. It was just like, he didn't even try to hide it. After the match, he had Dave and Fulton continue the attack on RVD. RVD turned it around, sending Fulton to the outside and hitting Dave with the five-star frog splash, which was very surprising. Just, you would think that, confronting Madman, he would just beat the crap out of RVD because he's an old man. But nope, gotta keep RVD strong. Don't agree with it. It happened. But there is a direction here. We'll see what happens soon. You had a segment with the Rascals and Rich Swann and Willie Mack. They're just like, you got... I can sum up the whole segment. Just like, you got the stuff? No? Where's the stuff? I don't have the stuff. Do you have the stuff? No, I don't have the stuff. Rich Swann and Willie Mack come in. You guys got the stuff? Oh, we got the stuff. That is essentially the promo, right? And after they get the stuff... They're talking about the tag team title picture and how Rich and Willie are eyeing off the North. And then the Rascals are like, well, we are too, I guess. I mean, like, remember when we nearly beat them, guys? Remember? Ha <laughs> ha, guys. They're just lingering now as the Jobber tag team squad. Sorry to say, it sucks. It does suck. But it just kind of reinforces the fact that Rich Swann and Willie Mack they are the next in line to become the tag team champions. You can tell they're saving that for Bound Gory. The question is, will they add another team to that? It's not going to be the Rascals because they have a match. We'll talk about that very soon. I would like it just to be a straightforward Rich One and Willie really Mack versus the North, and they're going to tear the house down. That could easily be the secret match of the night for Bountiful Glory between those two tag teams. I can call that right now. We have more footage of the Desi Hit Squad serving their punishment at the Dina Farm. You know, Garmas has the plan to ensure something like this never happens again. What will that be? We'll find out very, very soon. And you had Jordan Grace uh, goes down to Rosemary's lair. People keep going into her lair. Like, like She keeps putting wards up. And people keep invading her lair. She doesn't understand it, and I, I want to touch on that when we talk about the latest taping of Impact Wrestling with her, with her character, and just the like how people keep invading her personal space. But Jordan Grace lays everything down the line. She says she doesn't need help from Rosemary, and Rosemary says it's not up to her; it's up to the Shadow, right? Just she decides what she does or doesn't do the hive decides what they do and they're not she's not bound to the to the rules of mortal men and mortal women so yeah you can't help her they could have a match later on jordan grace and rosemary i could see that being just like no seriously stay out of my business kind of thing like i can totally see jordan grace doing that and we have the main event of the evening, right? Technically, at the last match. So, the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander versus LAX. And I'm glad. So, this was titles versus careers. And we knew the outcome of the match because Santana Ortiz peered at All Out for AEW. So, I don't know if they want to try and release this episode sooner before All Out, right? But we knew, we knew that they had, were going to lose. And I'm so very surprised because I thought that this match, they would make it seem like it was a more do or die moment now. And it's felt like LAX didn't really, they weren't desperate. They, they wanted you to think they were desperate, but they weren't desperate. Like, and this was them at a uh, seven. They, they weren't as invested they weren't really trying to fight for their careers and like let's let's be fair an LAX match on a seven is still a very great match especially with the north but man like you can feel like there was something missing right and I'm going to be talking about them next and for the latest taping as well which is very surprising because I didn't think that I would be after this but as to Ortiz he was the one who was bringing that fire for the for their match Right. He was taking it to both members of the North. Like he hit Paige with a tornado DDT followed by a sit down power bomb to Alexander. Very surprising on Josh Alexander. Right. The North hit their double team signature move, but Ortiz somehow managed to get the stroller up for that one. The North were about to attempt the LAX street sweeper. They were going to defeat them with their own move to retire them. But Santana just cut that off. Like I would have loved that. Just that little spit in the face. if they actually had the balls to do that right the match ended so page broke up the street sweeper attempt on alexander so when lax tried to do it themselves and show the the way you're meant to do it the north hit santana with a double team backbreaker followed by their signature alley-oop finishing flurry and lax are no longer a part of impact wrestling or are they yes or are they We'll talk about that very soon. And I thought we'll end there, right? You needed to really end on LAX having their last match, right? And like Conan, Santana Ortiz, they hug in the middle of the ring, Fanta Channing LAX. The crowd here were really invested. They weren't so much for most of these episodes. I'm not going to lie. This crowd was not feeling this at all. A lot more in the latest taping, but this last week's one was okay. But I think they might have got burnt out halfway through because they were very quiet. So uh, that was the LAX match. And then we had, after the final goodbyes, we had the answers that we've all been craving for. The answer to the world title pitches. So Brian Cage, the machine, Mr. Get My Shit In, comes out with Melissa Santos, right? And he revealed that he refuses to forfeit the world title, despite Impact Wrestling, like maybe considering the idea, like, look, he's been out for months. He's going to be officially cleared, officially cleared at Bound for Glory, but when he'll defend the title against Sammy Callahan, right? So he's just saying, over my dead body. You strip me of the title. You're, I'm going to make you all wait. Still, I apologize for that. <laughs> And he's just saying, you know what? Yeah, we're going to do it at Bound for Glory. But this, I was very surprised at what happened next. So Cage talks about getting to spend time with his wife, Melissa, during this injury and gets down on one knee to propose, right? Let me say that again. He gets to spend time with his wife. He called her his wife. And Impact Wrestling have acknowledged the fact that they are married in real life already. And if you're thinking like, tapings like releases like they got married before the mexico taping started but then he, and then he just proposed so this is a wrestling wedding so they they're getting engaged again <laughs> and yeah she kind of had to say yes so it was a nice little muzzle situation to just make people like they didn't want to end the episode on a bummer of lax retiring they're just like brian cage melissa you guys get hitched again just cause like I, I find it weird, the status that they've had. So they've acknowledged that they were engaged, that they were f- like seeing each other and that they were, they were like fiance and all that beforehand. And they didn't, then they stopped saying fiance for the past few weeks and they just said girlfriend. And now it's back to being fiance. It's weird. I don't mind it. I love wrestling weddings because they're always so bonkers and you don't know what will happen, how badly they'll get ruined. Um, I'm trying to think like, what will happen here. Like I don't like, cause you've had people like uh, Johnny Mundo, Hennigan, Nitro, Impact, whatever you want to call him. And Taya Valkyrie, they've done that with, oh, excuse me. They've done that with Lucha Underground and they've done that in other promotions as well so it, it, they're not the first wrestling couple to get re-engaged or get remarried in a, in a wrestling sense so it's not new territory but it's just a weird thing just like you know for a fact that they're married and impact wrestling already acknowledged they're married but still it was just a nice little like ah just to make you all forget that LEX are no longer going to be in impact wrestling soon next week and it's all gonna be over but we will persevere we will stay strong all of us here so before we get into the latest taping of impact wrestling and the two specials guys a long this is gonna be a long day let's chat with greg with our sponsors
0: promotional consideration paid for by the following Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B Plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site, it's going to help us redesign some things, and everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch, global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash B Plus and subscribe today. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, On the gaming field, that's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game and to dominate in all areas of life so check out outbreaknutrition.com and for being a listener of our podcast they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B plus that is B P L U S at checkout so make sure if you want to stay on top of your game if you want to take your performance to the next level outbreaknutrition.com enter the code B plus at checkout
1: And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you stuck around after the the last week's episode of Impact Wrestling. You're sticking around for the Friday the 13th theme taping of Impact Wrestling, and you're ready to hear about the other specials exclusively on the Impact Plus streaming service. So let's go through what the latest Impact Wrestling had in store for us after last week, since we're all caught up, and let's go through everything else. We opened up with another women's wrestling match very surprising. I'm actually, I'm very welcoming of it. You had Kira Hogan versus Tenille Dashwood in her Impact Wrestling in-ring debut. And let me just say, her theme song is lit. It's so good. It's like, I need to find it on Spotify or something. I need to get Spotify. I just, yeah, it's one of those just like nice wake up alarm clock songs. You just need to, gets you in the mood for stuff you know start your day as for the match itself kira like she's been the the commentary were talking about this and i, I actually agree with them that she's the most improved knockout on the roster and it was a great it was great for her to induct indoctrinate teniel dashwood into the swing of impact wrestling in the knockouts division but you had uh kira retreated in the early goings of the match tried to make it uh make it her match but Kira took over with a super kick right hit a flurry of running strikes in the corner but then Tennille connected with the butterfly suplex followed by a taste of Tanil, which is like a running crossbody onto like the bottom turnbuckle looked lovely for a near fall Tanil attempted the spotlight which is just her running uh running drop kick with a really badly timed check but I will let that slide but Kira counted initially for a roll up for a near fall Tenille avoided a running strike, but allowed her to lock in the tarantula on the ropes. I love that she uses the tarantula. they like not enough wrestlers use the tarantula. And then after that, after she wore down Kira Hogan some more, the girl on fire, Tenille fu- hit a top rope crossbody, followed by her spotlight running drop kick for the win. So Tenille Dashwood, very successful in her debut with Impact Wrestling. We get an OVE segment of, with Sammy Callahan, and I can sum this promo up as it's bullcrap, 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 bullcrap. <laughs> and you have Dave and Jake, Chris. They're just like, "Shh, shh it's okay, Sammy. Shh, shh. I'm calm. I'm calm. No, I'm not calm. It's bullcrap." <laughs> oh, you gotta love Sammy Callahan. He's like, how he can ride the line between disgusting, like sadistic and just comedic i'll never know but in this segment so he's obviously after last week where brian cage is clinging onto the title and he has to wait another month for him to face off for the world title Bullcrap. crap but yeah he's talking about impact management and gri- quite rightly so he's saying brian cage should defend the belt in the build-up if not with him or just be around if nothing else. And he's saying how, you know what? Me and the golden draw will put away Tessa and Tommy. So Sammy, this could have been just like a random thing, but I want to reiterate this. He actually called his partner, his cohort, Jake Crist, the golden draw, right? He's acknowledging that Jake Crist is his own man. It, it was a very subtle like, me and the golden drawer got going to take you down, Tessa. And instead of the usual everything, everything promo, we got forever, forever, forever. And then he goes, like, just to end the promo, just like, bull crap. <laughs> I don't know what he was on, but it was amazing. It just, you needed that. I, I needed that. That weird OVE promo. We needed a shake up from the usual norm. We had another promo, but this time with the North. They're being interviewed, interviewed by Jimmy Jacobs about retiring LAX in their titles versus career match last week. They're pretty much saying how Josh Alexander saying like, "Oh yeah, it was a lovely feeling," but Ethan Page is just like, "I could care less." Right? Like we defended our belts. People should be talking about the fact that we successfully defended our tag belts and not the fact that we retired some has been team which is very weird so they're saying how fairy tales aren't real bullies exist right and the moment that he says bullies exist both members of the north ruffled jimmy jacob's hair so that was a very like kind of like a weird rascally time thing i thought it was very funny like he's just saying like the north will prevail the north remembers the north stands tall because they're that damn good, and you had Don Callis and Josh Matthews. They're talking on commentary. They they was this. I think this was just a throwaway line, but they're saying LAX is being sent to the retirement home. They bitch. They're not being sent to the retirement home. They're still young guys, and they're in all elite wrestling. But in Impact Wrestling canon, they're oh, they're being sent to the retirement home. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. They're not going on to bigger and better things. No, 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 never that. Yeah, the next match was Michael Elgin versus Dynastia, Dynastia. so he is the current AAA Mini Champion, right? And this was everything you could think of when you have a very much smaller gentleman, even though it's a luchador going up against um, going up against a, the brick shit house that is Michael Elgin. Is it, it, it went out exactly like you thought? Right. The Dynastia hit a Huracarana catching Elgin off guard, like he was using a lot of his evasiveness, momentum, his speed, his agility, all of that did not matter in the end, right? Dynastia attempted to springboard to the outside, but Elgin caught him, once again power bombed him onto the apron, and then very interestingly, Elgin put away Dynastia with an emerald flosion. Which is very is a signature move. Now I thought it was very interesting when he did it and I thought they could be subtle about it where, because that is the move of Marafuji. And I thought, Oh, like they could be very creative here. And just like, he starts using that move and then he starts to reveal that I want you Marafuji at bound for glory, but commentary, I hate you for this. Just the moment he did it, they're just like, oh, that's an Emerald Flosion. That's the signature move of Mara Fuji. It's like, no shit. You don't ruin. And this was before. And then Michael Elgin cut a promo to say that he wants to face Mara Fuji. Like, this was such a pre taped, um, pre post recorded thing. If they had just shut up and in- savored that moment, it could have let the wrestling marks like myself just be like, oh shit. That's Fuji's move. He's going to challenge, like, you could have let that sink in. But commentary, they didn't let that moment sit for like two seconds before. Oh, that's an Emerald flosion. Screw you, Don Callist, for doing that. Screw you, Josh Matthews. That was a very badly timed. I don't like calling you guys out on your commentary. But it had to be said it was bullshit that you did. So, spoilers, it's been revealed now. Michael Elgin will face off against Marafuji. I am very excited. He has faced off in Impact Wrestling before, like I think he faced Moose a couple of years ago. But Elgin gone on the mic. He's saying that he's made so many people like be humble in, in New Japan. Like he faced off against the Rainmaker, and he's saying all well, that. What there's one person who escaped his wrath, and he's saying Marufuji. You need to step toe to toe and realize you're in the fight for your life. I'm so excited for this. Mara Fuji is an absolute beast, like a multiple time GHC heavyweight champion, former junior heavyweight champion in New Japan. Michael Elgin, of course, former intercontinental champion, former openweight champion. It's a, it's a dream match from New Japan that's co- traveled all the way to America. He he, was the most logical fit, and if you want to make Michael Elgin seem like a big contender again for the the world title, depending on how they swing it with the Bountiful Glory, I can totally see Michael Elgin picking up the victory here. But if Marufuji wins, then you can kind of think, well, maybe they're going to lean towards towards Sammy. I don't know. Love the announcement. Love. I can't wait for Bountiful Glory already. The card is looking amazing for it so far. You had Knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie invades Rosemary's Lair again. Now, I don't like this segment, and I'll tell you why. So we have Young and Havoc. They're protecting their Supernatural characters very much so. But Rosemary, in this weird promo, Taya's being very out of character and actually looking to better her relationship with Rosemary, being in her own like high school bitchy way, is trying to be friends with Rosemary, gives her a phone and Rosemary's like, How did you get into my lair? And is just like, I it's a okay. cave. I walked in. No, the ward should have disintegrated you And she's like, I don't know, I'm wearing shiny shit. It reflects off. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And this could be thrown this could be like a throwaway thing for comedy but you need to preserve your supernatural characters, right? They're, they're so hard to craft. And Rosemary has such a great look for her character and she has a great presence and a personality. And it, it's kind of showing that they're keeping her away from the supernatural stories, where, which has been obvious for the past few weeks. They're keeping away from the supernatural stories so that Sue Young and Havoc, they can have their like supernatural like battle of the battle of the minds and battle of like the undead bride and just like all that is being thrown to the side. And then Rosemary, they're forgetting that she is a demon assassin and they're treating her just like a girl with face paint. And it's just, it's not good at all. Like when you have in a work in an age where we have WWE with Bray Wyatt and just preserving the fiend that that amazing character you've got impact wrestling who are just dismantling the work they've done with rosemary over the past couple years with this promo i'm hoping because in a impact plus special she faced off against like rosemary faced Taya for the knockouts title i'm hoping that it was a ploy for her in the match to make it seem like she was friends and that is not going to carry forward next week. I'm hoping if it keeps going, I'm going to be a little worried. That's all I'll say about that. We had another promo with Falabar. He's trying to eat away his sorrows, and out comes TJP. He swaps his food for, for more healthier options, and he's trying to have a conversation with Falabar. And of course, every time he tries to talk to him, he's just like, ba, 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 ba. And TJP is just like, yeah, I'm not going to even try and translate that. But he's on a quest, ladies and gentlemen. TJP is going to be the one to help Falabar find his voice. I don't know what that means, whether he's actually going to try and teach him to actually talk. So it's going to take some time. It might be till Bound for Glory, but Falabar is going to slowly transition into this big monster baby face. And I cannot wait. He deserves it. Make him the big angry, make him just the big angry panda who can say more than just no, no, no. I'm excited. I have no idea. There's so much, there's so many ways I can go about this. And with TJP, it's a weird pairing. What a weird pairing. But I don't know where they're going with this. I'm very excited for this. I'm low-key excited for this. You had another promo with Moose saying he's going to walk the mean streets of Mexico next week to prove to Ken Shamrock he's the most dangerous man. And, yeah, they announced that he's going to be facing off against Shamrock at Bound for Glory. Back to the matches now, ladies and gentlemen. We had Texano Jr. versus Dr. Wagner Jr. Now, Dr. Wagner faced off in a hair versus mask match at Mania. He said that if he lose, he would retire. He did. Then he came back. It was weird. I don't understand it myself. But he might be retiring from other places. He might be having his final, final match at Bound for Glory. Because it's been revealed, ladies and gentlemen, that Dr. Wagner Jr. will be at Bound for Glory. Him and two mystery partners will be facing off against all three members of the Rascals you could or they you could maybe say the lucha brothers i would love that idea will it happen i don't know whether the it depends on how when aw when they officially start up like they're locked in with those contracts it's very i thought it was such a definite thing but the past few weeks with certain stars it's left things up in the air for me but yeah, he had uh, Wagner, he got in the mic and before, he was doing a promo to the crowd in Mexico and this was the loudest I've heard them. Understandable, hometown guy, right? But they, you could hear them really light up when they've heard Dr. Wagner. Three-time AAA mega champion and everything else like that. Texano attacked him from behind to gain the early advantage. Texano wanted to attack Wagner with the bull rope but the referee stopped him. Wagner gained control with a series of dragon screw leg whips, followed by a cutter. It was like the great Muda match all over again. You had um, Wagner, he dived off the apron. Very, very agile for a man in his early 50s, shall we say. Wagner um, took Texana off the top rope with a superplex for a two count before connecting with his signature sit-down slam for the win. Weird match, weird match. Don't know what to make of it. You had Ace Austin, he had a promo with Alicia, promise, making her promise him that she'll stay backstage during his match with Eddie Edwards because he doesn't want to see her get hurt. And Alicia's just like, okay, I guess. Like, like, I don't know why. She's like, I care about you. I thought, he's like, okay, I guess. I mean, I guess. That's her character. I mean, I guess. LAX, a very weird promo. LAX are packing up their things right there you have Ortiz he stopped drinking he stopped drinking alcohol he's drinking coffee because he associates drinking alcohol with good times and coffee with bad times and he's and you have Santana and Conan just like that shit stinks man get that out of here but then so they're packing up the clubhouse when Rich Swan and Willie Mac come in to say their goodbyes they didn't hear about that they were retiring just like oh shit okay well you know what you guys have to stick around and have one last match. But the North retired us. No, you have to stick around and have one more match because reasons. And then they're just like, okay. And then LAX, they, so despite being retired last week, they're going to have one final, final match in Impact Wrestling. They're going to milk that LAX money for all it's worth. I don't know what's going to happen like how they they need to like and i and i and i mentioned this because they didn't go all out they weren't desperate in their tag title career match they need to make this match go up to a 10 this needs to be the main event this needs to be depending on how what their priorities are with the storyline this needs to be the main event you need rich swan and willie Mack to come out looking like the big like the big leading undeniable tag team contenders and lax are going to pull that out of them to make everyone realize oh shit then they're going to be the next champions you need that and i hope that they do that right and that they crank that level of desperation and just like no this is our last match i want to make a count to an 11 i want to see that hopefully it happens we see the return of Father James Mitchell, rejoice, your savior has returned, ladies and gentlemen. He's warning Havoc about the dangers of Sue Young, so he keeps trying to say how uh, she's a, <laughs> I wrote this down, a Category 5 hurricane, and if you keep going after her, I won't be able to save you. So they keep bigging up her as this big, insurmountable threat, when really she's this small little Asian lady it doesn't matter. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm very curious how... Because Havoc's been booked really, really strong, and she is a beast of a woman. I don't know how Young can realistically... It's going to be a hardcore match. It has to be to make it seem like, oh, she's going to defeat you now. I, I don't get it at all. We had the next match, Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards, and understandably, after Ace like just... Going to town and just trying to, without any shame, trying to say he's going to sleep with Alicia Edwards. No shame in it. And it's just Eddie is, he's like a bull. He does not, he's not thinking. He's just going after him. just charges to the ring. Eddie takes out Ace in the early going with a dive to the floor. Ace throws his jacket in the face of Eddie, allowing him to gain control with a spin kick. He did a lot of these signature things just to gain a little bit of that extra hand. He did a low blow behind the referee's back. He uh, attacked Eddie with his uh, his baton, I think it is. Eddie was like, he hit the blue thunder bomb for a near fall. He did the tiger driver. I don't know how Ace kicked out of that. It just shows you that Ace Austin is the future of the X Division. Like, after this weird storyline is over, I believe it. I firmly believe it. So the finish happened where Eddie grabs a chair. So when Ace was going to try and go onto the ring, he found a steel chair. But then Eddie's like, oh, look what you found. He grabs the chair and hurls it at Ace's hand, calling the disqualifications. Again, we have another disqualification. I don't mind this one because this allows Ace Austin to get beaten the crap out of by Eddie Edwards. And they say that Eddie has snapped. He's officially snapped. That's what they're saying. I don't believe it just, just yet. He, he hasn't suffered enough. He needs that big-ass blowout thing, which could technically happen still, right? Like, because security, they attempted to break things up. Like, Eddie did the Boston Knee Party. He threw the chair at one of the security guards. And, like, afterwards as well. So you had Alicia Edwards go to comfort Ace and calls Eddie a sick bastard, a cheater. I'm done with you. And then she goes with Ace in the hospital van, uh, on the in the ambulance van on the way to the hospital. And like they could have let that moment sit like that, but then Ace Austin is just thrusting and gyrating behind Alicia to Eddie. Like he could have stopped. He legitimately got beaten the crap out of. He could have sold that a little bit better. he, He there was no need for him to do that. Just like I'm gonna bang your wife. I'm gonna bang your wife. There was no need for that at all <laughs> but nevertheless like it's just that extra thing for eddie just to finally please finally snap just it's they're dragging it out it it should have happened months ago just happen already dear god damn it we had jimmy jacobs interview brian cage and melissa santos to say congratulations on their engagement slash re-engagement don't dwell on it too much Melissa reveals that they're getting married in two weeks on Impact in Las Vegas. What could possibly go wrong? All the Impact Wrestling roster are invited, including OVE. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's going to get, that's going to be very entertaining. We had another promo, another vignette with Johnny Swinger and all was right with the world. Seriously, I need to find more stuff about Johnny Swinger. He was so funny in this. Like, he's just grabbing random people off the street who don't understand that he's doing this for wrestling. It was great. It was awesome. Right. And we had the next match. We had Big Mami. She makes her appearance again with Nino hamburg Gesa. I believe they, that was her partner when they were the mixed world tag team champions for AAA. Could be wrong. Facing the Desi Hit Squad. So... They initially come out in their usual robes, but then the Dinas come out with them and say, like, no, 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 none of that fancy shit. And they come out in overalls, which they had underneath, thankfully. But yeah, the deaners are making the Desi Hit Squad, compete in their farm chores, and they're just like, they're going, they learn that Garmasing recently disappeared from the farm. So, commentary just like, oh, what does Gama Singh have in store for the Desi Hit Squad and the is very, very soon? Mami embraces uh, Rahit Raju. She goes Matrix. Like she does a lot of shit. She's very agile for her size, but the problem is she is not that agile. That's the problem. So what happened was, so after the last time she was in the ring with Taya Valkyrie and she did that moonsault where she almost broke her freaking neck, she do, she does another top rope move, onto the outside to the hit squad and with her partner there as well. She does a big suicide dive. I say big suicide dive. She did it off the second rope onto the floor, but she was balancing and was like being extra, extra safe for this one, which is great for her, but the timing of it was very off. It felt like she was up there forever, absolutely forever but like the, the crowd were loving big mommy. They love Nino. They were having so much fun with this. Like, cause of course they were, um, but yeah, uh, there was some bickering between the Dinas and the Desi hit squad, which allowed for Nino and mommy to pick up the victory. Like Nino launched herself off the top rope onto Raj for the win. I would have much rather that the Desi hit squad pick the win here. Because Big Mommy and Nino, they're just the gimmick tag team. Like You could have had that, like, but they maybe want to try and balance out 50-50 booking. I don't know what it was. They, You could have had the Desi Hit Squad after enduring these Dina promos, which I'm glad that like, seemingly they're over now. They could have had Desi Hit Squad just like, I'm sick of this shit. We are a serious threat in the tag team division. And just beat the crap out of Big Mommy and Nino. Could have happened, didn't happen, but there was something that gave me hope. So we have after the match, we have the return of Mahabali Shera, right? Former Impact star makes his return. Like I, we talk about brick shit house for Michael Elgin and the the meat castle of Brian Cage, like. Shira is just a man mountain. He is chiseled from stone. The guy is I don't know, he's just amazing, amazing, incredible shape. Beats the Deenas to within an inch of their lives. Garmasing comes out, applauds Sheera, and Sheera kneels before Garmasing and the rest of the Disney Hit squad kneel before Garmasing. This gives me hope that they're gonna make them a serious threat now and not Endure all the comedic, like butt of every joke, type thing. I believe in this. I'm hoping I'm right, because having that big enforcer in your faction now, that there's so much potential for him to go after, like the X Division title, a future world title contender. He could be the enforcer to help the day to his squad, like hopefully become the tag champions at some point. Like it sounds like a it's hard to picture with them being such a like job a tag team, but they are very capable wrestlers. It's just they get stuck with very bad storylines and then the foreign heels. So that's why they're being relegated to that role. But with the return of Mahabali, I have hope. Ladies and gentlemen, and impact wrestling, help me preserve that hope. That's all I ask you. Main event time, ladies and gentlemen. Sammy Callahan and the Golden Draw, Jake Crist versus Tessa Blanchard and Tommy Dreamer. This wasn't and again, you can tell that this wasn't a desperation, like the end to the feud, because there was something missing here. It made sense later, but there was something missing in this. There was a lot of kendo stick shots, um, this was a street fight but they didn't feel like there was much hardcore stakes to this match at all it just felt like an ordinary match which um you had sammy callahan come out with the baseball bat It, it didn't really do much but the finish came where dave christ and madman fulton hit the ring distracted tommy dreamer from doing his ddt or he was trying to do the pile driver as well i can't remember which one But he distracted Tommy Dreamer, allowing Callahan to do his cactus special pile driver thumbs up, thumbs down. We're continuing this story once again. So after the match, OVE continued to beat down on Tommy Dreamer. Tessa tries to fight back with a kendo stick, gets taken out with a steel chair shot from Sammy Callahan. Right? She faced off against Madman, she kicked him in the dick. Beat up all of OVE except for Sammy who hit her with a steel chair. It looked like Callahan was going to power drive Tessa again. But this time, who would make the save but RVD and Rhino. So Tessa stands tall with the three hardcore legends to close the show. So we're going to have a likely 4 and 4 blowout match OVE versus Team ECW. Okay. So I don't mind the fact that the feud between Tester and Sammy is b- reaching another big boiling point, but it needs to end. It needs to end. They can't they don't know how to end it properly. Like if Brian Cage was wasn't injured, they probably would have wrapped this up about a month ago. But because of this, they've had to build up to it all over again. And I don't know what they're doing. Like you got you would you would think that Sammy needs to win this so that he seems like OV are going to take over everything and he's going to win the title. If Tessa wins, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't because like we're having Tessa and Sammy again and once again Team ECW. Like I've said this, Greg has said this. Everyone here at the B plus kind of said this about impact wrestling for the longest time, bringing the homages to ECW, bringing back that imagery of the ECW legends. ECW needs to freaking die. It needs to die. We need to stop giving those like storyline wise. It makes sense that Rhino has moved on to something. RVD is just there. He can float. That's fine. But ah we it's been a month since the last ecw homage right with sabu and dreamer and rob van dam and now we got like dreamer and rhino and rob van dam and they're trying to make it seem like oh this is a huge honor for tessa blanchard but she does not need to be saddled with these old 40 year old guys it does it's not good for her story and I don't know where it's going. They could have... Again, I, I mentioned this. They could bail out and have her face Jake Christ for the exhibition title and have her win that as a runner-up prize in this storyline. Or they could somehow have her face off for the world title. I don't see an end in sight for this and I want to see an end in sight for this because I don't... like. She needs to have a shot at least before she goes back to the knockouts division because otherwise all this work is for absolutely nothing and I don't want to see that so hopefully in the next few weeks leading up to Bound for Glory with the Las Vegas tapings we get some kind of answer I just want some closure here ladies and gentlemen so I hope you guys do too So after all that, how about we go through the impact specials now. I'm going to just go over the cliff notes because I'm, we're going to get pressed for time here. So we'll go over operation override, which again, overdrive.
0: overdrive.
1: I'm showing my age. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. So we had at the Comanche County Fairgrounds in Lawton, Oklahoma, we had these matches, so we had a pre-show with Eddie Edwards joining Josh Matthews, discussing the street fight with Sammy Callahan. That's going to be the main event for this one, right? Uh, we It was a pre-show match, Damon Windsor versus Retro Randy versus Double D versus Prince Mahali. You had Randy Price defeat uh, the other three men when he pins uh, Double D. you had the main show match. You had Rohit Raju versus TJP. Um, they plan to the crowd before Rohit immediately rolls out of the ring and walks across the ringside while talking to the audience. Right. I actually like this one as an opener, but of course TJP defeats Rohit Raju with his detonation kick. Of course, there's no kind of questioning that one. You had Moose versus Hawk. Um, Moose like, immediately dropped Hawk with a boot, and choked him before launching Hawk into the corner. But yeah, Moose did his no jackhammer needed spear on Hawk to get the victory. Uh, very capable wrestler. You guys should check him out. The next match we had was Shera versus Flex Zebra. And oh sorry, of course, Moose cut a promo on Ken Shamrock again before he was attacked by UFC Hall of Famer Stephen Bonner. Very, very interesting. So it's great how they're building Moose's story. I'm actually really invested in it now because it does seem like he's being given this direction. It, it feels like they're really taking care with it, and I love it. And what better way? So after defeating the big boys in Impact Wrestling, he's going after some USC Hall of Famers like Ken Shamrock in the form of Stephen Bonner, who is also a, is a professional wrestler now as well. Uh, you had Shira defeat Flex Zebra with a Last Ride Power Bomb, which is pretty cool. We had Kira Hogan and Desi Dorada. They faced off against Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. Again, I'm hoping that weird taping last week—how did you get into my lair?—was just for these two specials, and after that, never mention it again. Just like preserve the supernatural with Rosemary, please. But Rosemary and Taev pick up the win when Rosemary pins Desi with a sit-down reverse stunner. Very innovative. We had the world-class championship match between the champion Chavo Guerrero and Montel Vontavious Porter MVP. Hello! It's been years since I've seen these two. Absolute years. It's, a, oh, it's so refreshing. To see them like, yes, I've seen Chavo when I've been watching Lucha Underground, but in real time, it's been so long since I've seen these two face off against each other. Two former WWE guys, it was great. And these guys, both in their 40s, both as agile as ever, they're just taking each other to school. Chavo, uh, going, invoking his inner Guerrero, ragged the eyes of MVP before he grabbed his belt and hit MVP with his title. Causing the disqualification, so MVP defeated Chavo via disqualification, so he didn't win the title that night. Of course, they had a rematch on the following night for Victory Road. We had the North versus the Step Brothers. They picked up the win by a Burning Hammer Spinebuster. Very, very innovative. Absolutely loved it. They made the Step Brothers look great. But you knew that the North were going to, they were going to conquer overall because they're the freaking North. We had Michael Elgin defeat Fuego Del Sol with his Elgin bomb. He was, um, you could see that he was trying to invoke Marafuji in his wrestling just a little bit. So just like the subtle nods in this one compared to the latest taping where it's like, that's an Emerald flosion. I'm not going to give up on that fact. I'm sorry. We had the main event as well, Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards. Now, this is very, very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, because, right, now I'll go through the end. So Eddie Edwards defeats Sammy Callahan very, very surprisingly, because Eddie hit a blue thunder bomb before Sammy hit a groin claw and a pile driver for a near fall, right? So before Eddie grabbed Kenny, so he had Kenny for this, which is weird, I don't understand it sammy grabbed his baseball bat they start fighting sammy then begs eddie not to hit him before he low blows eddie with the bat and eddie rolls through when he goes for the power driver he just rolls him up i don't understand it i don't know why kenny was there i thought we were over this and even weirder after this sammy Callahan is attacked so he sammy attacks eddie but he's attacked by brian cage the freaking world champion who lays him out with an f5 to end the special what brian cage i'm gonna have six weeks off right and then only then will i be cleared medically to compete against sammy callahan jump sammy in this does the f5 just like are you injured or not bro are you seriously like, how injured are you that you're able to just casually appear and do shit when you want to? It doesn't make sense to me, right? Should he be having matches if he's that agile? Like He could be having squash matches, they quick squash matches. So Brian Cage can say like how much of a machine he is, something like that. If he's able to do these quick run-ins makes no sense to me but i'm glad i'm so glad that sammy and brian cage are actually having exchanges there's a storyline there and it's on a freaking impact plus special that not many people are seeing i'm hoping they acknowledge it on the next taping i'm hoping that happens but i don't understand why they're not going to do it sooner like why they couldn't they why couldn't they done it sooner it, it, my mind baffles, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad, but I have so many questions. So these, these Impact Plus specials, these two consecutive ones, were actually really, really good, and stuff happened here. There was actual story progression on Impact Plus specials. It wasn't just a throwaway, like, oh, the titles don't change hands or like, it's not going to mean anything down the line. There was progression which I loved. We cut to Victory Road at the Stride Bank Center in Enid, Oklahoma. We opened up with a pre show match between uh, Prince Mahali, who defeated Tego by pinfall. It was just a quick match, there wasn't really much to it. We had, of course, uh, Damon Windsor as well. He lost to Flex Zebra via pinfall after a leg drop, but the main show we opened up with the North. Versus Retro Randy Price and Fuego Del Sol. They did North retain the titles because of course they do. When they do again, the Burning Hammer Spinebuster looked beautiful. Moose cut another promo on Ken Shamrock ahead of his match against Stephen Bonner. You had Kira Hogan defeat Desi Dorada by countout. You had an OVE promo, Sammy Callahan cut a promo on Brian Cage. An actual OVE promo... About Brian Cage. Oh god it's been so long. Ahead of Bound for Glory. And ahead of his match with Hawk. Which unfortunately so Sammy McCallaghan, He defeated Hawk. With his package pile driver. To pick up the win. Thumbs up thumbs down. As if there was any doubt. We had the rematch. For the world class championship. MVP. Successfully defeated Chavo Guerrero this time. And became the new world-class champion after the match you had chavo and mvp they hugged they raised each other's arm it was this weird little moment there like but like it was a lot of mvp was doing a lot of brawling and chavo was just he went for the free amigos and he went for the frog splash but mvp got his knees up and he did a big running boot that's how he won the title I i watched these two matches because they are really great if you're a classic fan of MVP and Chavo Guerrero, we had the Knockouts Championship match. Taya Valkyrie defeated Rosemary after she sprayed some stuff into her eyes. I don't know what it was, and then hit a curb stomp for the win. We had Moose defeat Stephen Bonnar with a his foot on the bottom rope, foot on the ropes. He was mocking Bonnar the entire time. He was pretending to be Ken Shamrock. I loved it. Moose is just. Being an absolute goof that he was getting back body dropped everywhere onto the apron onto the ramp that he really went all out in this little extra bit in the ending of this this next one confused me though so we had rahit raju versus eddie edwards so you had eddie edwards defeat rahit raju via disqualification because Mahabala shira interfered in the match right and they were gonna start beating down eddie edwards when who would come out but brian cage again what (laughs) he came out run off the diddy hit squad before they set up a tag match which happened right then holla holla player player and then you had the team of eddie edwards and brian cage defeat rahit raju and shira you've had this guy return for 5 seconds and already he lost the match don't get me wrong you need to keep brian cage looking strong because he's your freaking world champion but i i don't understand why he needed to be the one like of course if anyone's going to make the sh- the save couldn't it have been like couldn't it have been one of the sings couldn't it have been like not gama like the, the other Singh brother couldn't it have been that instead of Shira because you need to preserve she They, they needed that imagery of she facing off against another man, mountain in Brian cage that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. And it it sucks. Like I'm hoping because this is an impact plus special that they, with the tapings that it actually makes more sense. And that this is just like a one-off thing, like, oh, no one will notice. It's just a nice little nod that, oh, Brian Cage, he can kind of do some stuff. And like naturally, Eddie Edwards took a lot of the work for this one. But Brian did like a lot of great things in this as well. Like he didn't mainly clotheslines, like he didn't really do that much. But yeah, very bizarre, Eddie Edwards and Brian Cage pick up the victory there. And then you end of the night, the main event. Michael Elgin versus TJP. Very surprising, very surprising that again they know the value of having TJP on the Impact Wrestling roster. It's it's so so bizarre, and it looked like it looked like for a split second that TJP would beat Michael Elgin, but not. Nah. Michael Elgin is the future title contender. brickshit House defeated TJP with the Elgin Bomb but for this match alone, you guys need to ch- check out the Victory Road Operation Override on Impact Plus. I, I, the, the, the specials are getting better and better. It's amazing just in such a short space of time how these little extra little segments that somehow they make them that extra bit special and they reward the viewers for actually watching them. So you had a title change. You had story progression. You saw the world champion come back before the tapings, like officially in a match. It's all over the place. I have so many emotions, but that's what impact wrestling does. It gives you so many emotions. You cannot say that about a lot of promotions working today that they make you feel things, ladies and gentlemen, and it proves that I'm still human. They make me feel things with all that being said. I think that's about it. I am knackered. I am knackered. Who, like, why did my mic have to act up last week? <laughs> that was the two latest tapings of Impact Wrestling and the two specials for Impact Wrestling as well. I'm going to play Operation Overdrive for another couple of seconds because it's going to amuse me.
0: Five for the sky in five ways. Five through the sun for five days. Well,
1: I'll leave it there before <laughs> the segment gets cut off for copyright that was it ladies and gentlemen thank you all so much for listening to me ramble and break down all the impact wrestling if you want to follow me on all the socials on that miss water 17 i facebook instagram twitter youtube and grapple hit me up let me know what you thought about the impact plus specials and the latest tapings of impact wrestling in mexico City, mexico if you want to follow us here closely at the big plus because we're a great bunch you know it's true we are at the b plus wrestling on twitter because wrestling wouldn't fit and the b plus wrestling everywhere else remember gonna say it every time each and every week but we have our patreon any amount you could donate would be greatly appreciated so we can keep giving you all what you want when you want showcasing the very very best of australian wrestling because it keeps getting better and better and keeping you up to date on all the wrestling news from around the globe it isn't going to stop we don't want it to stop, but we're going to be right there on the ground floor covering it all for you guys. Like, share, subscribe, hit that fire star, me. I've been Mr. Mysterious for the Impact Zone, and I'll see you later.